Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined by Nick Sutherland from MindFit, the caped crusader of McRae, the, the Batman of the peninsula. Men want to be him, women want him. He is the Sultan of Steel, Nick Sutherland. Nick, how are you, mate? Well, I like it when you call me Big Pa, pa for starters. What did I call you? It's that song. I like it when you call me Big Pa. Oh, right, pa. right. Yeah. Another sip. Well, I, did, I didn't know where to go with that intro. I'm not sure where I'm Batman and whether men want to be me and women want to be with me, but I'm... T- I'm you say so the caped crusader of mindfulness i i don't own a cape but um maybe but you should start wearing one. maybe i'm the i'm the hero we didn't know we needed the <laughs> hero we deserved <laughs> i just burnt my tongue on your cup you, of tea you did so I you know, know when you do that you know when you you have a sip and you're a bit too anticipatory to, to and just jump into it and it you burns the tongue mustard, you and you know that that's for the next 24 hours that burnt tongue is going to be known you dived in tongue first yeah yeah I'd love to know what everyone thinks of our setup here at Minefit HQ my my, <laughs> didn't, my even um, get, didn't even take him you know, <laughs> not even take him he's been setting this up and he's just, there's been numerous oh is loving this setup. I got a new lens on the camera. I'm very, very excited. It's, I'm not taking anything away from you. It's amazing. I'm being excited to, to hear. What Let's hope I press record properly. Is this James Breeze inspired? Is this uh, no, no? I, I actually was. Um, I had this similar. I bought that new lens just recently because it's a bit. It's the kind of the best one for that camera for video. Because normally when we do courses or recording, we're doing this kind of sitting at a desk about a meter away. Um, makes it look a bit more professional, but I actually, um, but the reason why I'm like, well, I was asking him about it mm. because yeah, I was sort of just working out my setup at that point as well. Right. Um, so yeah, no, it's good now. I even I bought a thing. I got a bit too excited about buying gear as I do, and I bought this weird setup thing so you could use that so you'd have a HD camera, but you could actually make eye contact with people on Zoom because you know on Zoom now because we do Zoom therapy and Zoom calls. Yeah. It, I suppose you don't notice when you do it a lot, but because you're looking at the screen, but the camera on the laptop mm. isn't there. So you're kind of looking at their chin yeah. kind of thing. So I was um, trying to toy with how I could make it look exactly at their eyes through Zoom. But it's it's a bit too much work for what it's worth, piercing, to be honest. Piercing gaze. Yeah. I love, do, you, do you love when you like say one of those lines in like a therapy session that it's out of love because you want them to see something, but it's, I call it a stab. And literally, like you say it, and then just stare into their eyes and leave that silence. Yes, I do. I do that with you. Are ignorant, you're incompetent, and you're mediocre. And then just go silent. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And you just you feel them like they're just reacting. I had um, I was listening to our good friends, Mr. Das, the other day. Um, first name Ram, and he was talking. It's the, the episode where he's talking about um, being of service. And and essentially, he was just, so he said this one line, and it was like, "Doing the work burns." It's like, he, he, whenever he's working with someone, he's just cauterizing all the impurities. And uh, I was like, "Wow, that's exactly what I'm doing to my clients." Yeah. Sorry, clients. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, you go through the fire and find out what you are not, because the the truth will stay. Or well, what you are not will we'll fall away. Oh, drink that in, listeners. But um, time. to be to be fair, I, I have have given them fair warning by having the um, the mindfit motto being discomfort precedes success. So if that's so, they know they know they're going to be. You can't complain. You know, no. Look at the tagline on the door, for God's sake. Exactly. You knew what you were getting you, into. You get what you're given in here. Uh, I had one. Um, with someone I've been doing a bit of work with uh, people who are therapists or becoming therapists more around like how to build a business and get clients and that and we had I had one uh, beautiful lady that I was working with and um, like a lot of people do even not just in therapy but in any business was having trouble charging you know mm. what she's worth that old chestnut yeah that old chestnut do tradies anyone you know I'm a healer I don't want to charge for my time no it's not spiritual to make a lot yeah. of money yeah, it's better to be poor and resent everyone that has money. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend, I'm going to digress. 
I, I had an old friend who I did a little bit of work with when I was just training um, to do what I do now. And um, we were going into some things and she's like, look, I'm really open to spirituality, but she'd worked, there's a, there was a festival, I don't know if it still runs now, but called the Mind Body Spirit Festival. Mm-hmm. Runs, I think it's all around the country, but in Melbourne every yeah. year. And they'd set up stalls at, uh, at an exhibition center and everything. And so she was the main like sales manager for the Mind Body Spirit right. Festival, yeah. which attracts people who get stalls or like, you know, spiritual healers, Reiki, mm. selling crystals, all that kind of stuff. And she goes, I just got so turned off the spiritual scene because these people would be in front of everyone else preaching love and light and, you know, money's energy, blah, blah, blah. As soon as I asked for their bill, they turned into such a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd all be arguing after and everything when the lights are off. And wow. <laughs> mm. That's the dark side of, of saying that money's not important. Anyway, working with this lady and um, having trouble charging. And then she was talking about, you know, how it's, you know, she felt bad and it's nice to not charge people mm. as much and everything and kind of what it was but she was going down this rabbit hole and I said um, and she was giving free sessions away Oh, and I said I think you're trying to let yourself off the hook mm. Mm. That, and, then, and, then just, and then just went silent oh. and then she's like oh. shit <laughs> I love it when because clients what basically what I'm what I'm peddling in here is rationality and, and logic <laughs> that's the wares that I'm selling and and my my customers are at the opposite ends they're usually highly irrational and illogical so I was like I had a talking about it with a client it was like I um, I just brushed a little bit of logic up against their irrationality and it just chink and just broke and mm. it, was, it was beautiful it was just a it was just a gentle that was a metanoia was a mini metanoia a mini metanoia and we were just having such a laugh about it and it's it's great when you're in a position when or when you hold that space for your clients where you where you can just laugh endlessly at their irrationality and the ego and um there's no ego laughing at the ego it's just the awareness laughing at the ego and it's 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 so it's probably my favorite part of my job is just laughing with my clients I think it's really important for people to know, like if you're listening and maybe you've been thinking about doing some of this deeper work on yourself or you, you know someone who does and it's like, it doesn't have to be all, you know, dark and, you know, pulling out the demons and it's all, you know, going to no. be painful. There's a little bit of that involved, but that was one of the things we would do as well at the centre is just like make it most of the time like fun, laughing, joking at these little irrational children that we have inside of us that make these different you know it's, re- funny it's really decisions. not that heavy in here like it's all light and we don't talk about heavy stuff or anything oh what's the how the fear of death shaped human society do oh, some light reading before light bed. reading yeah. <laughs> where's the Aldi catalogue yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Aldi catalogue how the fear of death shaped human society that's how have I have you read this yet that's it no, I haven't no I just picked up the other um, yeah I'm interested because I one, a book that I love is um the Denial of Death by Ernst Becker, oh. which is a book uh, many decades old, but it is it is quite brilliant in that you know he talks about and a lot of it. I agree with it. Can be a bit nihilistic, but a lot of it I do agree with. You only like it because you agree with it. No, well I agree with some and agree with not, and don't agree with some. But the parts that I agree with, I like more. <laughs> <laughs> No, what I've been practicing lately, suspending my beliefs mm-hmm. and just allowing things. I've just been practicing observing without having an opinion, and it's been wonderful. It's just been. Just how's that gone? Uh, how's it gone? Yeah, is that are you really finding gone? that difficult? Does the mind jump in and you get taken away? Oh, it tries to. The, the, yeah. the, the, the ego tries to kidnap the Buddha nature, mm-hmm. but. Um, the more you do it, like anything, the better you get at it. So. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like there's a a cutoff point where you're like you're in a situation and it's like this is you know crap, this is good, whatever. Then you just got to try and stop it at this is, mm. and that that's the non-judgment space. This is. Yeah. You know, I was listening to some um, Ajahn Ashanti, um, who's a spiritual teacher lately, and um, he's talking about having this yes to life, mm-hmm. and that a lot of people have a no, and there's like an aversion 
to the circumstances in their life. And when he says yes to life, he doesn't mean agreeing to everything. Mm. You can still disagree with something and take certain action, mm -hmm. but you're saying yes to having that opportunity to disagree. So you basically, whatever life it puts in front of you, you're saying yes to as opposed to having an aversion. That's where we get in trouble. Oh, the Jim yeah. Carrey movie, Yes Man. Kind of, but he had to say yes to literally everything. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that becomes a bit problematic. That's a bit out of balance. Remember he farts in the elevator? <laughs> it was me. <laughs> Something else I've been playing around with. I read ages in an elevator. I had a... I, some part of me ducked into the Akashic Records this morning. Oh, right. While I was driving. Yeah. And I just came into this awareness, this yeah. understanding. It was, it was beautiful. Um, and, and I recalled um, a quote I'd read. One second, one second. Akashic Records, because people are like, what the fuck is he talking about? Well, we've covered it in a, in a well, podcast. Yeah, we might have new listeners, you know, if that Finland Go back supporter to the start. base. Fucking stop cheating. Go back to the start. <laughs> 73, 4, yeah, 5 hours attack ago. your clients. You're attacking our listeners. I'm not. Discomfort precedes success. And so, think of it uh, in Jungian terms as like the, the collective unconscious. Think, know, of the, it, think of it as, as in it's the soul's internet. It's the internet of the soul. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, some part of my deep conscious unconsciousness um, googled uh, how to really control yourself, I suppose. Um, but I read this quote ages ago, and it was, it was the master, master your hunger first, and everything else is easy, or, or something to paraphrase. It's on that line. So, because I guess our, our hunger is our primary instinct. It's to keep us surviving. And uh, the realization was that's why that's why yoga isn't that fast. It's not just because they want to lose a few pounds. It's because they're really trying to override that um, survival nature. drive. Yeah, that human nature. So, yeah, I, I, I fasted today. Just well, I, I wouldn't call it fasted. I just, chose not to eat but I just observed that that signal and sometimes it was a very strong signal and sometimes it was a very faint signal I played around with it because the signal um, of I'm hungry and I'm thirsty are very similar so I drank some water when I thought I was hungry mm -hmm. um, and yeah it was just it was just a fun day just to explore and experiment I'm just gonna keep doing it because I don't need to eat as much as I eat I don't feel yeah, so the, the quote you've brought up I think a couple of times lately is just because I can do it doesn't mean I should. Mm. Um, yeah, I had this like maybe yeah, a few years ago because I went through in my 20s, I got right into the gym and you know that kind of bodybuilding, eating and lifting and everything where like you eat every two and a half to three yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. I went through a period, I was eating like seven times a day and I was just sick of food. Wow. And um, but it be, would be weird because like as soon as a tick look at like maybe three hours and ten minutes, I'm like I definitely need to eat. <laughs> like, I'm starving. Look, I, I need to eat. I'm starving. <laughs> I've got enough food to probably last for three weeks. How funny is that expression? I'm starving. I'm starving. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you? No. And so yeah, that's what I played with that for a while. Yeah, because I did a few fasts, but also just intentionally noticing that it's like, you know. Am I just bored here? Is this an old conditioned response that I'm dealing with? I um I took away a client's water bottle the other day um, because he kept mindlessly going to it and it's his security blanket mm. so I've banned him from drinking water <laughs> in sessions. <laughs> I have. <laughs> By the time we go back to it, you're just sort of hanging out for it. Just, yeah. Get up my water, man. It's like... um. It's like a, a pacifier or you know, a dummy we, we would have when you were a kid. Yes. Yeah, I, I heard a good analogy. We use phones like that. Yeah. It's like a, an adult pacifier. It's like... I like it. Yeah. It's, I think it's a great analogy. It's like I just... Or I, alcohol. Alcohol. Adult yeah. pacifier. Yeah. It just, it's just like I'm reaching for something that I believe will soothe me. It's like a baby with that little dummy in there. And that's what we do with the phone. It's like, oh, I've had two minutes of um, no stimulation digitally <sighs> let me reach for that phone because I might have an Instagram notification it's like just a baby putting a dummy in its mouth yeah yeah it's conditioning um, I read a Bruce Lee quote <laughs> I had a funny ego moment the other day I, I read this Bruce Lee quote and it said um, in order to control myself I must first accept myself uh, in, in, in order to control myself I must first accept 
myself by going with and not against my nature. Mm-hmm. And my ego had a dummy spit because it's like, oh, that's what I talk about. I can't believe Bruce Lee said it first. And I was like, hey, I, I don't think Bruce was the first to say, dude. Like, yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure it's been around for thousands of years. So calm your farm, reel it in. Um, I love calling my ego dude now. It's just a dude. It, it's, it's, it literally is that, that housemate yeah, that yeah, Michael yeah. Singer talks about. What, what, what does that mean, like, though... Do you want me to break it down for you, the Bruce Lee quote? Yeah, yeah, I do. So, in order to control myself, he's talking about emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. self-managing, self-regulating is the second step. So, um, so in order to control myself, in order to be in a position where I can choose how I think and feel and speak and act and what I'm doing, I must first accept myself because you were talking about aversions earlier, which is... Attachment is having an aversion and a desire simultaneously. I don't like this, but I do. I don't want this, but I do want that. And a lot of people, you spend 24-7 with yourself. So you are the biggest source of stimulus. Um, What you say, what you think, what you feel, what you're doing. And if you continually get triggered yourself, then you're going to be in a lot of suffering. So doing the work around I love the quote that understanding is the cornerstone to love mm-hmm. and so when you can remember Viktor Frankl said in between stimulus and response is a space and blah 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 so if you can step into that space and observe yourself as the source of stimulus and you can understand which nature is being employed here is this my personality is this my tendency is this my um is this my trait or is this my ego nature is this am i not getting what i want or not being loved or liked or the world's not perfect um or is this my buddha nature am i just being love at the moment so you can sit there and observe yourself and see where you're coming at things from and then go ah that's that's where it is that's what's going on here uh and you you embrace the totality of it all so ram das was talking about um going beyond the polarity to just to just i am you know we do crappy things and we do amazing things and we just are and 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 that's essentially what you can do in that space is just understand your nature so you start deepening your self-love your self-acceptance mm-hmm. and you it's like coming home you know you 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 come home you're comfortable in your own skin you you go you know what i've got these things that i don't like about myself necessarily but i love it all uh, it's all me mm-hmm. and i don't have any aversion to it uh, i'm not going to change because i don't like this i'm just going to allow myself to organically grow and that will change naturally so yeah old mate bruce was just in order to control myself i must first accept myself by going with my nature because if you start wrestling yourself you're doing it out of force not flow so it's controlled it's anxiety driven it's 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 not a healthy you like white knuckling life yeah well you're white knuckling yourself that sounds a bit (laughs) (laughs) how do you know what i did last night oh i um i observed you by first accepting you and your nature uh so it's a, I think it's a great quote because it, it talks about so many different things. It, it, it's talking about emotional intelligence and self-love and, um, and non-attachment. You, know, you can hear yes. the lack of attachment in there. Yeah. No, I do. I, I love that quote. I haven't heard that one of his. I was just I think I was having you explain it because it's the, the nature part. I was like, well, what, is, what does he mean by follow your true nature? Because, yes, we do have these different natures and you just explained that quite well. I think that's a big part of that's part of the work is that people come in and go, this is me. This is all me, these are my problems, right? No, so, so, and that's the ego walking and going, this is how I identify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, I think understanding, like you said, is having someone understand that there's these different parts that have different intentions and based on those intentions, they have different actions that they take. Well, we, we, yeah, we call it the three natures. So it's, it's on the top, it's the, the personality, the person's tendencies. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's through DNA and genetics and conditioning and nature and nurture, all that stuff. 
but then we all have a human nature I must be loved and liked must get what I want must be perfect so that ego nature is always there within us until we transcend it um, and then underneath it all is that just we are we are so naturally compassionate we are just that Buddha nature that pure nature so if if the if the ego nature can surrender to um, we are all ignorant incompetent and mediocre if, if it can surrender to that and, and we can really lean into the discomfort of that or push the ego into the discomfort of the ego doesn't like it um, then it starts breaking it down and it, 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 it starts feeling more at peace when it, it, it creates these parameters of acceptance so if we're observing our nature we do something outside our parameters of acceptance we're going to get triggered and so if we can push our parameters right out and we accept that sometimes we say stupid shit. <laughs> the, the, um, the so, head. so an explanation is when someone says something stupid and says, oh, I can't believe I said that, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. So it's outside of what they accept. Yeah, oh, geez, I'm an idiot. Yeah. It, it, it's a tiny little moment. They've just put themselves down. It's, it's self-harming. Mm-hmm. So I was just at Aldi supermarket, and she said, oh, have a nice Christmas party. I went, you too. And then I <laughs> just burst into laughter because it was such an autopilot mindless reaction yeah. is Mr. Mindfulness did something mindlessly if I had these parameters of acceptance that I have to be mindful to I have to be perfect yeah. yeah and then I'd, then I'd be I'd be in all sorts of trouble yeah. as I was once upon a time yeah so those parameters have come right and I do it with Mr. Winner. I love the expression you can't give away that which you do not possess so if I can't do that with myself, I can't do it with Emma or the kids or you or my clients or someone driving past. So I've really done a lot of work consciously on maintaining those really wide parameters. Mm-hmm. I don't have to agree with everything in them, but I can accept that the people in the world are just doing their thing. There needs to be difference. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the diversity? Diversity is... is super important oh of course it is yeah no it's um yeah i think it's interesting it's like we we you can only laugh at the ego when you recognize when you're coming from ego and before you start to do this work it just all happens there's no there's no awareness of it kind of happening mm. and we're so identified with our ego and our ego is just one state of consciousness yeah it's just unfortunate that most human beings spend most of their time there yes. when there's these other dimensions of consciousness and whenever we strongly identify with something, especially an ego structure, then we need to defend it. And it's very rigid. You can feel the energy of that. Like it's very rigid. I shouldn't have said that. Well, I should. So it's like when someone says that something that happened, and even if it was something horrible, I say it shouldn't have happened to me. You're in resistance to what lies. Yeah, there's no acceptance. So on on the whiteboard when we're doing the work, we we show a neurological pathway, and up the top is constructive, and down the bottom is destructive thinking. And judging, criticizing, condemning is down the bottom. And part of destructive thinking is using the, the cognitive distortions, one of which is should. And another one's labeling. So, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Cheers, I'm an idiot. Instantly, you're looking at yourself through a distortion. It's such a common phrase, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a it's, distortion. It's self harming. Yeah. You know, it's not loving the self. It's, um, yeah, so uh, instead of looking at yourself, through through that objective lens, which is a very clear filter, it's it's looking at it through these Coke bottle lenses. So all of a sudden, you're seeing yourself as, as this undesirable, you know, ignorant idiot who can't do anything. And and people run the script. I had a client coming the other day. Oh, Nick, Nick, I think I'm back in it. Oh, the black dogs are out. Oh, this and that. Oh, you do a wonderful job at convincing yourself you're deeply unhappy. It's like, oh, what do you mean? I said, yeah, it's brilliant. I, your mind is so powerful. You've literally convinced yourself that you're unhappy. You presented a wonderful case. You did. Thank you. Thank you for, for that display. Now, would you like to stop it? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> okay, let's, let's do that. But first, we need to laugh at it. Yeah. Because if you, if you then go, oh, I'm such an idiot for convincing myself I'm unhappy, then you're just deepening that. You're doing the same thing yeah, in a different exactly. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, but we do it. That's our human nature. That's yeah. our ego. Our ego is convincing itself that it is so pathetic and so just 
it's just a dark real destructive narrative yeah and a lot of times those narratives aren't even ours they've just been passed down and we just repeat them you know i've had that many clients who whether it's unity i've had a lot of them who are like they might have some slight inconvenience or something didn't quite go perfectly and that narrative will be i just i can't do anything right massive generalization right and then we start to investigate that i can't do anything right and you know it's what their dad told them when they, you know, got a, a C on their math and you can't do anything right. So it's, like, it's not even their words, or they're just the, repeating. Or the, or the parents would do it. When the parent made a mistake, the parent would go, geez, I'm an idiot, I can't do anything right. Yeah. And the child is so vulnerable, it's looking to alpha male, female role model, going, what do I do when I do something outside these parameters of acceptance? Obviously, they're not asking themselves that, but on a deep level, yeah. it's happening. Ah. Oh, that's what I do, right. I'll note to self, call yourself an idiot whenever you do something that's not quite correct. Yeah. yeah. It's a programming. Yeah, yeah, and it, can, and it can get just passed down from generation to generation. Break the chain, man. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if it was, who did I hear say? It might have been Tony Robbins. We had someone speaking to someone and they was like, oh, you know, I'm not worthy. He goes, are you the first person that's had that thought? He's like, no. So like, how many other humans have had that thought? possibly nearly every human that's ever lived because mm. not yours then <laughs> it's um oh, a client came in the other day with uh what are they saying oh that's right he was um embarrassed or ashamed about uh, and got really anxious about sweating uh, and it turns out that he was unlovable because he sw- sweated right uh and i was like oh and i started pretending to get sad and he's like what are you sad about i said oh well I sweat, I guess that means I'm unlovable too. And he's like, why? I said, well, I don't know, I'm just using your logic, or not logic. (laughs) I said, is that how it works? If I sweat, am I unlovable? Well, no. I said, it's my particular sweat. I said, did you feel that that just rationality brush up against your irrational belief there? And he's like, yes. Yeah. And it's so interesting because a lot of these things like that, they also maintaining that uh, irrationality also compounds the problem. Yeah. So now that I made sweating a bad thing, I'm anxious about the sweating and I sweat more. Uh, but that, that was what we were pissing ourselves off. So about. yeah, so kind of it reinforces itself. Well, that's why in that neurological pathway diagram, the bottom destructive one goes back around on itself where the constructive one keeps moving forward. Yeah. And, and that's why it's, you know, especially early on, it's hard because you just have to laugh at yourself um, when you start trying to, you know, you're thinking a new way and then the mind trips up and goes into the old patterns and then you laugh and you bring it back to the new one instead of you beating yourself up. Otherwise, you're just doing that destructive. Well, that's, where we, that's where we give them the mental rep. And the first step of a mental rep is to catch yourself in it, to be, you know, become aware of what you're doing, mindful of what you're saying as you're saying it uh, and the second step is to laugh you got to laugh at how irrational your ego's being and then you rewind pull yourself back into that space and just observe things objectively the reality is man has sweat that's all it means stop applying meaning to it and then change into that constructive thinking i can sweat because i am a human ah, da, 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 da. we have as many problems as we convince ourselves uh, as we convince ourselves we have yeah I just imagine someone <laughs> like going to an actual gym, like with weights, but mm. doing mental reps, sort of like in the mirror with no weights, and they're just randomly <laughs> laughing at themselves <laughs> sporadically. I can do it! I can do it! I can do it! <laughs> Caught myself again. <laughs> then you go to get a drink bottle and the towel. Oh. How was your workout? That was a good one. Yeah, good PB. Well, that's that's. When trying to describe the work that I do, it's uh, you know, a lot of clients say I'm like a PT for the brain or whatever, um, and and it, it really is. We're trying to strengthen the mind, and, and you start with the lower strips. You start with the easy things, uh, um, you know, traffic or the weather or whatever, and and then you work your way up to the more difficult things yourself or your, your parents or your partners or work or whatever, um, and it's it's like you know not getting angry at the weather is like doing a five kilo rep mm. but not getting upset by a partner is like a perhaps a hundred kilo rep and you gotta gotta work your way up to it you can't just step in and deadlift the shit out of that yeah yeah i talked to about it as well with uh you know addictive behaviors we spoke about the phone before so i'll, I'll kind of get people just to notice early on i'm like 
just notice that because I call it the compulsion to escape this like pull this this pull that goes this moment right now I must leave it I, I, I need to get out <laughs> check please where's the door yeah where's the door to this moment unfortunately you go out the door with yourself where's the door to an alternate reality there it is yeah I'll let's look at somebody up. else's life and their filters and their highlight reel and make mm. myself feel worse it's better than being present so I'm, I always get them to notice it's, I'm like especially early on it's like if you you know have a desperate compulsion to go and score heroin then that's that's a you're trying to fight a big deadlift there right why are you you making me look at your phone this is so ironic I'm not making you do anything when a person can't find a deep sense of meaning they distract themselves with pleasure true Mm. true if you're sitting there bored shitless and because you're not deeply connected or involved in the experience you're having at the time you're gonna just look for something to make you feel better yeah and then the problem with that is the pursuit of pleasure ple- pleasure pleasure the pursuit of pleasure makes you not talk properly the pursuit of pleasure will eventually lead to more pain as I say, as I say to clients if you if you somehow if your ego got what it wanted right if your partner suddenly started doing this or the dog did that or your boss did this or you got every green light your ego would be temporarily satisfied it would be sated yeah it would be ah that's better yeah give it a two or three days it's going to become deeply unsatisfied again and whatever happened isn't going to be enough and it's going to go looking for more so it's like that black hole where you, you just can't satisfy the ego. I was in, I was at a red light the other day, and I was I think I was running late to this thing as well. And um, yeah, I got a red light, and um, it was great. You know, instead of you know sitting there looking at the other lights, when's it going to green? I turned around, the people in the car next to me had some like song on, and they were dancing, they were going off, and they looked over at me, and put their window down, and then I started dancing <laughs> as well, and we're like woo, and then they took off, and I went off, and I'm like that was such a good moment. But they're the moments that we miss when we're not present and we're always trying to get to the next thing, mm. which is what the ego does. Mm. The ego is always like, what's next and what's more? Well, that's when I came back with, you know, live life as slowly as possible, try and be as still as I can. It, it, all that, that's exactly what it means. It's observe the ego, but the more you observe it, the less the ego is involved, so the, the weaker it gets. Um, and so it's, it's much easier to stay in your Buddha nature as we call it, and there you go, still going to you know, have a red ball and tackle the shit out of the. <laughs> it's still going to take over and kidnap you, but it, it's much easier just to oh, I see what you're doing. And and when you don't have to rush, like the, there's so much happening at the moment. We've got M's mum's got some health issues. We're backyard landscaping. We've had to get the van ready to go up to the property up in Queensland. Clients are just crazy busy appointments um there is so much going on and and in all of that i've really maintained this sense of it's all there but i'm still here because it's it's a falsity to think and i know i've done this a million times it's like when when things are happening you're like well as soon as a b and c are kind of sorted out Mm. then i'll be able to take a deep breath but then the problem is when A, B, and C sort themselves out, you've got another D, A, B, and C, yeah, D, E, and F. <laughs> and so, and then, then, and that never kind of ends. Yeah. And it's like when you spoke about problems, uh, you know, we're addicted to problems as human mm. beings. Mm. We just create them. So it's like we have these problems and we, and we finally solve them or they disappear, but then we'll just create new problems because there's an insatiable need for, for problems or drama all the time. I said to a client the other day, what would happen if you stopped having these problems and I want you to really think about it for him. what would happen if you stopped being in conflict within yourself what happened if the, you stopped having something to complain about or you stopped having oh that's not going my way what, what would happen if you just let go and just allowed the world to be allowed the universe to be allowed the people in your life to just be what would happen I reckon I'd be bored is what they said <laughs> And I was like, hmm, I'd call it peace, but, but you'd call it bored. And seriously, so they, they get addicted to the conflict. They get, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, 
it's well, the ego keeps getting addicted to no, the no but, all, but also our physiology gets mm. addicted to that yeah. as well our physiology gets addicted to cortisol adrenaline our nervous system gets addicted to being in a oh. in a sympathetic state and so and so we have to actually go through a withdrawal process like we're coming off a drug because yep. when it's coming off instead of a drug that we would take externally spill oh like a withdrawal from heroin or ice or whatever we're withdrawing from the drugs that we're producing internally which are just as powerful and so i say you don't have anxiety oh this this is great for you. if you're listening and you're new to this you, you don't have anxiety and you don't have depression how fun is that one in four people have anxiety and depression well i'd love to see one in four people have happiness like why, why don't they do those stats because it's it's, it's so Irrational. Every single human has a brain that can produce a state of anxiety. Well, yeah, it's like our uh, feelings are our one in four people have guilt. One in four people have anger. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I don't have an attachment to it being different. It just is. Um, And so the the brain is producing. One in two people is frustrated in this room right now. (laughs) (laughs) The brain's producing chemicals, and that chemical is creating a state. So just as the brain gets trained to create a state of anxiety or a state of depression or a state of anger or a state of frustration or a state of stress, when you do the work, it suddenly starts creating a state of equanimity, a state of calmness, a state of peace, a state of love, a state of stillness. And you don't get bored in those states just because there's a lack of conflict or a lack of heightened chemicals. Um, you're having a very deep experience and, and it's different but it's uh, oh yeah, I wouldn't even say it's pleasurable because it's not associated with the pleasure receptors I think it's, it's happening on a, a different level it's, yeah it's it's how would you describe it it's it's, it's more of an intrinsic mm. pleasure as, a, as opposed to an, an external one well we talk about happiness the two types of happiness there's getting what I want happy or those being inherently happy and I'll be happy when A, B and C is ticked or whatever Um, but that's a great outsourcing have the key to my happiness everyone where that that just being able to observe people and stay in that love especially when someone or something is happening outside of your values or your beliefs or your morals or your ethics or whatever and you don't apply a meaning to it. You don't. You don't form a belief in that moment that this person is an idiot or that that's wrong or whatever. When you stay in that objective space and you stay unsettled, that's a very. Uh, it's just peace. It's just mm. a, a deep sense of peace, and it, it's just like ah, uh, it's 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 quite. Yeah, it, it is different. So that heightened roller coaster. You know, you can get addicted to going to the. The, the rides and the wee, wee, adrenaline, mm. wee. Mm-hmm. But you could also walk around and just observe the people having their experiences on it and just yeah. have this wonderful sense of love. Yeah, it, it's much more complicated than this, but one thing that Dr. Andrew Huberman talks about, he's a neuroscientist, he's got a good podcast, uh, The Huberman Lab, where if, if you're like geeking out on, on that kind of stuff, but he's talking about dopamine and serotonin. And so dopamine, he, uh, there was, he didn't write the book, but someone else, he called The Molecule of More which is a wonderful title. <laughs> it's the, the ego. So it's right. like well, something that produced dopamine, then the dopamine in the brain goes, oh, that was good, more, Instant gratification. More, more. Instant gratification. So we keep chasing externally, whereas serotonin is this deep feeling of everything that I have is okay. Everything that I have is great. And that's like, yeah, walking around the theme park, and instead of going, I need to go on every ride a hundred times, it's more like, wow, look at all this. Look at all these people and these rides. It's like this internal thing. I did a... Uh, a bit of a, an ego death with a client the other day. Just this. I'm imagining like an exorcism. Yeah. No. Well, it was. A, it was. A, <laughs> I just got the got the hot poker and just <laughs> burnt it out. Um, and we're doing a guided meditation, and, and I, I did the. You can't. You can't see it all, have it all, know it all, be it all, um, and do it all. The the five. The five whatever's mm-hmm. can't see it all be it all do it all know it all have it all and they had to sit there in that discomfort and really keep surrendering to that and it was very challenging because they want to go everywhere and see everything and, yeah. and finish everything at work and i can't leave work till i've done all the emails and it's just this 
what I'm really saying is you're ignorant, incompetent, mediocre to some yeah. degree, and that's okay. And it just stings the ego it so does. hard. I, I do that with clients with, um, yeah, the, the uncertainty. So we'll hit a point where they're like, they'll, they'll need to know something. Mm. And I know that even if they find that out, they'll need something else to know, but it's, I need to know this from, from someone else. Yeah. And I then, mean, and then we sit with, I'm like, okay, let's sit with this. You're never gonna know that. <laughs> Like holding up a cross to possess. Because one of the functions of the brain is to understand. Our brain is like insatiable in its quest, and it's great because we've been able to fucking go to the moon and you know do. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to all our tinfoil tin hat listeners. I don't mind a tinfoil hat every now and then. Although I was listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson once and he was talking about what would be involved to fake the moon landing and he goes, it would actually be easier just to go to the moon than <laughs> fake it. Shout, shout out to, all, uh, to the global headquarters of the Flat Earth Society. And um, fuck what they're saying. Yeah, so the mind, it's insatiable and it's need to understand and that's, it's been able to produce these you know, incredible feats of science and technology. But it also gets us into so much strife because there's some things, there's some things, there's a myriad of billions of things that we'll never know. And the mind won't like that. And so how comfortable can you be with your mind not kicking up a stink around not being able to know that? And it's, it's a human need for certainty, right, that we have. That well, we that's, that's why I say one of the most powerful sentences we can use is I don't know. Yeah. Because it's the ego surrendering that that need to to be right or to know everything or yeah. it's just uh i don't know try try that out listeners when you yeah. some, some you know you can you can feel it brush up against the ego and the ego's like ah, how was that yeah like i don't know i don't it's know like, i don't know it's like kryptonite <laughs> it is well it's 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 that um, yeah, we, it's that thirst. It's insatiable. That thirst mm. again. You can't quench the thirst. And and I talk to clients about getting stuck in the why. Why did this happen? Why did it happen? Why 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 why? It's like, who cares? Yeah. Honestly, how how are you going to move forward? How are you going to evolve? How are you going to surrender? How are you going to let go? And it's it's getting stuck in the why. It just really just deepens it it's like yeah. quicksand struggling in quicksand is getting stuck in the wall it's not something that we can do like you can also use this for your benefit um listeners and watchers like because the, the reason why the mind kicks up such a stink and doesn't shut the hell up is because those the beliefs that nick talks about at an early age we say to the mind all right i want everybody to like me i want no one to dislike me i always want to be happy and i want to do everything perfectly right. and the mind goes all right i'll try and so the mind does not shut the fuck up trying to make that a reality because it's an impossible I want task. The, I want the latest bike. I want the latest this. I need that. I need to keep up with the Joneses from an early age. Yeah. Davey has this. I need it too. I got that bike. Now I'm bored of that bike. And yeah. I need the new bike. Just dump. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what a lot of people do, very you know, quite successful people, is they try and use this to an advantage because the brain will try and answer any question that you pose to it. So it's like, let's try and pose some better questions. Mm. You know, so one thing is great. You can even, you know, plant some questions in the subconscious at nighttime. If there's some questions that would really benefit your life, a lot of people that I know, and I've actually recommended this to people, is to write those down on a bit of paper before bed, then just push them to the side. And you'll be surprised whether you wake up in the morning or it's in the shower the next day or something. These questions that you are having trouble with, answers will start to present themselves. So we can use this, this mechanism of the mind in a more positive manner. Because remember, when you're asleep, the part of you is going to go to the Akashic Records and it can just jump on the, Google, on the soul Google yeah. and go, oh, I'll be like, don't get distracted with the porn section. Actually, look for what I was <laughs> asking for. <laughs> you wake up in the morning, you're like, where's the answers? Sorry. Boops. I went down a wormhole. Might be the answer. Yeah. Boops is always the answer. <laughs> what did you want to talk about today, by the way? Um, not what we've been talking about. Okay. Um, I was going to talk about how when we run into some physical issues, I've had a few physical issues the last month or two. But Des and Troy are deflating? A little bit. Oh, dear. Yeah, well, I've, got, I've got a back problem at the minute, which has flared up twice. I had a flare up in my Crohn's disease. The semantics you just I have a back problem. Well, right now it's active. Yeah, so change the, change the narrative. <laughs> so 
Seriously? Yeah, yeah. No, right now I, I'm actively experiencing back pain. Is it pain or a sensation? Uh, yeah, it's a, it, no, it's pain. It's not suffering. It's pain. Mm-hmm. But it's it's also a sensation. So you know, it, then it, it's interesting to think about how these issues, especially someone if someone has you know chronic physical things, how that has a flow and effect to mental health. Because I know. You know, a few days ago when the pain like was really bad and I could not get away from it, all of a sudden you, you start to look at life, your lens becomes a little bit different, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm mindful of it now, um, but it does become a little bit different. All of a sudden you'll be a little distorted, bit shorter. Little distorted. More lens. distorted. Distorted lens? Distorted lens, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, looking, you're taking a bit personally, or there's a bit of labelling, a bit of blaming, a bit of... Just a, just a hint of... Bending out of shape? Just, just everything. Even the, you know, being present or aware or, or putting into practice things becomes a little bit more difficult when you have your consciousness tied up in this, in this other part. Well, so adapt or die is the, the old adage. So die. <laughs> when um, have the fear of death shaped human society. I'm not touching it subconsciously. I know you are. Um, well, it's like when when your finances change, you got to live within your what means. What about you know you you obviously into your running and everything and then fitness and then you blew out your knee and everything. Yeah, and and so I I didn't surrender. I didn't adapt. I I stayed very rigid and white knuckled it. <laughs> white knuckled the rigidity. Far too much. Far too much, and. Um, <laughs> And I, yeah, and and, I, and so my, I got very distorted and started experiencing mental health issues, which did went dive down into mental illness, and so so that's on a physical level. If if you if you're earning a thousand dollars a week, and all of a sudden something happens, and you're only earning five hundred dollars a week, you've got to adapt. You've got to mm. keep living within your means. You've got to surrender. You've got to let go of some things. You you've got to change. Because uh, the law of nature that we all as humans need to live within is that everything is impermanent. It's all temporary. So the state of our back is temporary. It's going to change and fluctuate. And if you don't allow it to move up and down the whole spectrum, if you get distorted, if you have an aversion to it being not functional and a desire for it to be always functional, your mental health will be affected. Mm. So, but it's understandable. You know, some people, you know, maybe they've had you know chronic pain for years and that kind of thing. Well, I've got a client who's paraplegic. She mm. had a spinal cord injury um, after falling off a horse, and we're doing a lot of work around surrendering, creating a new normal. What what can this body do now? Not oh, what can't it do? You know, it's destructive thinking. Mm. So, real the the phys- That's that's why when we we do the first fundamental the, the first one is priorities and you have to be the priority in your, your mental physical nutritional health the three circles and they're all linked because they all do affect each other so mm-hmm. deeply so if you have a f- if, if your physical health is impacted you've got to step into the second fundamental which is your basic human needs and start doing what is required to feel empowered to feel a sense of belonging to have fun to feel like uh, I'm going to be okay whatever happens um, so this is where you step in and and take responsibility for your happiness yeah instead of going, I like that simple reframe like what, what can this body do instead of what can't it do because that's like we spoke about human instinct and how it naturally goes places and that's naturally where it goes isn't it Look at the things that now, based on what's going on, I can't do. Well, negativity travels faster than positivity, I mm-hmm. think, and and so it's it's mind our minds mindlessly fall into that destructive thinking. So that's why is that the ego? So is that, human because, is that because that plays into that survival drive? No, it's just I'm not be, I'm not perfect anymore because my mm-hmm. back isn't functioning. But what and, about this? What about the survival of our species was really based on scanning our environment for what's wrong as opposed to what's right uh there's there's many elements and layers to it i imagine Mm. that's that's would definitely be contributing i feel so negativity bias yeah well anxiety is is like a bodyguard and it's a survival mechanism to to keep us alive but 
It's not great for happiness and peace. Though, it's it? not, <laughs> no, especially in a day and age where we're not really under threat. Like no. you're going for a job interview. I'm so anxious. Nothing in there is trying to kill you. Yeah. The reality is a person is going to talk to other people. You do it all day. This is no different. The only difference is the attachment mm. to I must be loved and liked, I must get what I want, and this must go perfectly. So it always comes back to those three. Yeah, yeah, it's, but it's kind of as well like what what's the most threatening thing that's going to happen to a human today? And for that human, it might be a job interview. For someone 500 years ago, it might have been going out to hunt a wild yeah, animal totally. that could have eaten me. Saber-toothed tiger versus job interview. Yeah. yeah. Both producing similar amounts of anxiety. This is why we need to do the work to evolve out of that now. We're at that age. Um, Grow up, everyone. <laughs> So for you, I would... I'm talking to myself as well. Yes, good. Because I would, I would look at what are your attachments. If your mental health is being affected... I would no, no. So my, my mental health, I'm doing quite well. Okay. But it, it, it brought up, um, you know, just other people, but also other times in my life. Like my Crohn's disease in my 20s. My Crohn's disease. Mentally... <laughs> It beat the shit out of me mentally. It really did. It did not. That's, no, such, it did not. that's such terrible language. No, but it did. It did not. Your attachments beat the shit out of you. Yeah, but I didn't know that back then. No, so, but you've got to use that version of me. It's, you've got to create that separation. All right, all right. It's semantics. <laughs> no, semantics is important. Look, I've got separation don't, there. Don't brush semantics away. Semantics. But I've got separation there. I'm not still back there. My Crohn's disease beat the shit out of me. Because I identified with having it back then, and I really did beat the shit out of myself. Okay, but you've got to use appropriate language for the here and now. Be here now. Look at the other book next to you. Be here now, Ryan. These books are really talking to me today. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, the angel and the devil on your shoulders. Anywho, I, I, I experienced struggle with that period of my life, right. with uh, what I was going through, because it distorted my view of reality more than it was already distorted. Your attachments created these distortions, in, and so you started looking at your experience through these heavily distorted lenses. The attachment was really, the theme was, you know, this shouldn't be happening, why is this happening to me? So that's, should is a distortion, happening to me is taking it personally. Mm -hmm. What else was going on? Are you labelling? This is fucked? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was also... I can't believe this is happening. And then I was also... I wouldn't... Because, you know, Chrome's digestive stuff's not really fun to talk about, so I would, I would really internalise it. Mm. Wouldn't want to speak about mm. it. Because that's if my, if my ex-wife brought it up out of concern and everything, like, you know, or she brought it up with someone else, I'd like, don't talk about Shut it. Shut up, woman. I was, I, was, I was still a people pleaser, so oh, I wouldn't okay. talk that way. Yeah. But I'd... I, 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 Passive-aggressively say that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you come to me with that. Don't yeah. you come here. Do you mind never saying that again? Um, and so, you know, it got internalised as well. And, you know, I think I brought this up on the show before, but a big turning point for me was opening up about it and then also starting to... I wrote a list oh, of, yes. of the benefits, you know. So but balancing out a, a very, very, very heavily distorted perception on what was happening. Balance is my go-to word, I think. It's, it's a ripper, isn't it? Well, it's, it's so important. It's Everything's that double-edged sword. Everything has a pro and a con to it. Um, our minds are very powerful. We'll convince ourselves of this illusion that is being created. A lot of the time, it's not actually happening. Um, and so for, for a person who's in physical distress or discomfort, it's imperative that they learn the tools to not create what we call unnecessary suffering, mm. which is what you're in. That's you're, the point. That's, in, that's the point I think we're, we're moving towards. You're in probably 25% necessary suffering, 75% unnecessary that's suffering. That's probably generous. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm a generous guy. Um, 
and and that's all I'm trying to do is. But it's like it's like you know you, the client you're talking about who made the wonderful case for mm. how depressed they are and everything. Mm. It's like we get we get a little bit lost in our story too, don't we? All of a sudden, we you know for me it's like oh now I've been diagnosed with this disease and I've had this surgery and I'm struggling with it and then it all of a sudden this story gathers momentum. But you can hear the ego identify. The ego is attached to the body. So the ego identifies as this, I have this disease. Mm. No, you don't. You are, you are not that. You are just the conscious awareness of everything, remember? You don't have any of that. You are just observing this incarnation, this, this physical part of you is um, dysfunctional to some degree or not operating optimally. It's, if, you can, if you can start, and then I'm talking to everybody, and myself included, we, we really need to be mindful of, of the semantics, the words that we are using, because that paints that picture. And so the words are super powerful. Of course. That's all I have to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think the, the key takeaway there is just be, be aware of the semantics, but also be aware of you know how much of what I'm going through, am I producing this unnecessary suffering based on my ego being attached to whatever's going on at the minute? You become what you tell yourself you are. So if you're, oh, this is fucked, this is the worst, this is terrible, oh, I'm never gonna, this is always gonna happen, rah, rah. You're, you're, you're creating that, you are the ultimate creator. Mm. So a person in that position with the tools and with the emotional intelligence to self-manage, Bruce Lee can just, control himself by first accepting his nature and going with it and then learning what to do with that nature and how powerful it can be so when we train the mind um, and so per, two people can be have, having the same physical experience both have Crohn's disease for instance one with a really constructive healthy mindset with with the vocabulary and the, the tools and the emotional intelligence and everything is going to have a vastly different experience to an untrained mind yeah so when i you actually make me remember i um after i went through when i was starting to do this work i did the list and you know things were getting better and i was actually in a, a facebook group of crohn's and colitis australia or oh. some shit and, and anyway, yeah, I had to I had to leave the group because mm. once I became aware of how I related to you know this disease, vastly affected the symptoms the disease was mm. presenting to me. Then all of a sudden, I would go to this group and I'm like, oh my god, like everybody in here is completely a victim totally. of this diagnosis, and not many of them if you even presented you know some ideas and that they would kind of shut it down they're like no don't you know that we have this forever identify as this don't take it away from me don't take it away from me (laughs) don't take it away from me but but you can be healthy no i don't want to be healthy no i want to stay in suffering this is this is the this is the trip man it's that's like it's people just want to stay in their suffering they're getting something out of that correct yeah so yeah secondary gains mm. there's some there's some gain there that they're getting out of it you know and not like des and troy gains no not those sweet those sweet gains <laughs> that I'm, you know losing because to the gym in a while but that's oh, okay everything ebbs and flows exactly i'm enjoying having a bit more spare time wonderful to run around with the young t-train so if you, if you are constructive in your thinking you'll go what can i do with this time now you will just simply come to an acceptance that all right i can't take this body and train at the gym anymore i can come and do a podcast in person with nico mm-hmm. drink that in drink <laughs> that in don't burn your tongue <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. All right, like a Christmas present. Absolutely. Um, This is probably our Christmas podcast. It'll come out around Christmas time, I'd say, yeah. yeah. But we're recording it prior to Christmas. Yes, yes. I'll be in Queensland at Acacia next week. At your new property, mate. Yes. That's exciting. Finally get to go and see it. Yeah. Totally exciting. So, um, yeah, just spend Do they have an airport in in Agnes? No. No, where do you fly into? I'm flying to Maruchidor. It's a great word to say. It's a great, isn't it? Yeah, so we sent the van and and a disco up there, Mm -hmm. disco stew. Um, And so disco will be waiting for us at our friend's house. The van will keep going up to Agnes and we'll meet it up there and then just start exploring the property. Yeah. Apparently they've had like 900 mil of rain 
So Queensland has yeah. been... Uh, the dams are full, the, the rivers fall, the everything's full, the tanks are full. Yeah. So And it's all green and lush. Beautiful. But I want to get on the mower and ride, ride a mower. With property. Yeah. You, you need like a special hat. I've got it. a special hat. Okay. Yep. Okay. Emma hates it. Yeah. <laughs> so you like <laughs> it even it's, more? It's only my Queensland hat, apparently. <laughs> I think I look good in it. My ego thinks it looks yeah. good in it. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, it's great. That's exciting, mate. Very, very exciting. Yeah. And then birthday, then New Year's, then uh, and back into it next year. So, Excellent. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If there's any topics that you would like us to talk about on the show, just let us know. Hit us up on Instagram or comment on the YouTube video or whatever it is. I promise we will do no research into the topic that you ask us. We'll read the words, though, yeah. and then talk about it. As best we can. Awesome. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Peace. See you all next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much and we'll see you all next time.